Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, head of content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by Sean Pooley. Sean is the COO at Keepler Data Tech, and we're here to discuss the real value of data. Sean, welcome to the show. So obviously, you know, I really want to kind of pick your brain today about, you know, the value of data and, you know, it it, it may be a bit of an old topic and maybe a, a topic that's like been done to death a little bit. Of course, you know, the use for data for, you know, making better decisions, business improvement, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty sort of, it's pretty out there. Um, but, but why has it in recent years, you know, grown to such importance and what role, what role does cloud really play in that growing importance as well? Yeah, it's a it's a, a a great question. So you know, as as uh, as I could share with you, I've been in the cloud and the data space now for I don't know a good ten years, and companies have wanted to become uh, more data driven for a long time. So as you say, it's been an old topic. You know, so why has it grown to such importance? Well, I think the reason it's grown to such importance, ironically is there's a lot of data out there that shows that businesses that are data-driven themselves actually outperform non-data-driven companies. And you see it in surveys from people like McKinsey, you know, from Forrester, from PwC. And without getting into all the gawp of the statistics, they basically all tell you that if you're a data-driven company and you can harness data, then you're going to outperform your competitors and you're going to give yourself a better shot at achieving your objectives. So, you know, I think, you know, good business leaders are always reasonably skeptical about all kinds of things, you know, until they can actually see demonstrable value. And so that's, that's sort of like one factor. But if you go back to what the inhibitors were that clients were having, they were multiple. Um, you know, if you look at the pre-cloud data infrastructure, it was quite difficult to change, quite brittle. You know, someone once described it to me as, you know, old data infrastructure as flexible as concrete. You know, you could do anything with it when you first set it, but it couldn't change it very easily. IT, you know, business people were not really very good at describing what it was that they wanted. But worse, IT people had difficulty actually translating those needs into business value and it all took too long it all just took too long and so what happened is that whole impedance mismatch pre-cloud with the lack of agility and scale you know just wasn't there and then you know last and by no means least another impediment was you know as we started seeing the rise of this thing called big data then you know what we found is that the infrastructure that people were using just wasn't fit for purpose just couldn't scale or couldn't scale economically to meet the needs. So cloud has been an enormous catalyst for this because it's enabled scaling in a much more economic way. It's uh, with the working practices of agile, it has enabled companies to be able to operate more quickly. And because all of the infrastructure and its data is easier to put together than it used to be, it's much easier for companies like Keepler to help its clients um, with their end-to-end data lifecycle needs. And all of this is enabling companies to become much better 
at delivering business value from their data. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so in terms of, you know, some of the, the companies that you've been helping, um, what are some of the challenges that customers have uh, when it comes to realizing value from their data? Uh, you know, there, there are multiple, there are multiple problems. Um, I mean, if I do it bottom up, um, what I find, first of all, is, uh, and it sounds incredible to say this, but many companies just struggle with getting clean data into their data environments. Data is messy. It comes in all different formats. And so they have difficulty just getting the data into their worlds. I mean, remembering that so much of the world's data now is unstructured data, you know, and it's, you know, in and on the web. And it's big decisions as to whether you bring that into the company or if you just analyze it where it is. When you start looking at the infrastructure itself, um, you know, again, you're bringing in, you know, cloud data technologies. So you're looking at different technologies, different skills and different processes for how you just build and manage the data cloud infrastructure itself. Then there's a, you know, if you like a four. So the first was getting the data in. The second is, you know, just building a well-managed uh, environment. The third is, um, you know, I think of it as a third of maybe four legs of the stool, is how you manage the data. And so people say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, you've got to manage it and govern it and have privacy and security around it. And you need to know who the data owners are and who should have access and who doesn't have access. And in a lot of projects, clients can spend a lot of money on those first two things, but they won't get to deliver any value because they're not making the data freely available or alternatively, they're making it inaccessible. So how you manage and govern the data is an important fourth leg of the stool. And a lot of companies struggle with that. And then last and by no means least, it's the realization of value from the data. Um, you know, too frequently companies try and do this bottom-up approach that I just described, and it takes them far too long to actually get to the point where they're building, you know, valuable use cases that might, you know, optimize price or production uh, or, you know, spot anomalies like many of our clients have done. And so, you know, you often need a more organic approach that does all three or four of those things in more of a vertical slice rather than do each piece, piece at a time. So those are some of the challenges that the clients have from realizing value from data. And then the last and by no, no means least is not really a technological problem. It's really more of an organizational problem. Um, you know, we think of it as, you know, a, a culture of data. You, know, you, you, need, you need in part of your organizational transformation to make sure that, you know, the entity that you're operating in actually believes in data and that it's well aligned and that the organizations are aligned and that they have trust in the data. So the last piece that is quite frequently the missing ingredient is you can do all of that stuff, but if the organization doesn't embrace the fact that they can perform better through you know any number of different analytical techniques with data that is actionable, you know, brings insight that you can act on rather than just something that's interesting, then all of these things are some of the, the challenges that clients run into. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think, you know, all of those things that you've just outlined, I think that 
really highlights why it's so important to have that, you know, well articulated, um, well communicated as well, uh, data strategy really to, you know, kind of champion all of those things and, and bring them together. What, what does a perfect data strategy uh, look like for you and who should really be involved uh, in that strategy uh, in terms of making it happen? Yeah, that's another great question. So look, whether it's in the small, you know, just one use case or whether it's in the large, an entire program, for us at Keepler, we're all about delivering business outcomes with data. You know, we love the technology, but frankly, we don't care so much about the technology is the outcome that our clients get. So, you know, the first thing is when we look at the perfect data strategy, it has to be grounded in some kind of business value. You know, are you, you know, getting to know your customer better? Are you increasing operational efficiency? Are you innovating faster or are you kind of mitigating some kind of risk? And pretty much all the use cases that I could describe to you, of which we have many, you know, tend to center around, you know, this business value. So that's the first thing. The, the second thing is, you know, helping educate business leaders on the art of the possible and then operating at the speed that the business wants to operate at, which is quite frequently different because they have different demands on them than maybe, you know, the more traditional business and IT um, operations who have you know, got other things that they need to concern themselves about. So, you know, it's having this close alignment. And as I mentioned before, you know, all the way from the business leader who's got to deliver the results to the technology professionals that have to enable the capabilities that enable the business leader to deliver on the results. Uh, another element of a great uh, data strategy is agility. You know, we, we you know, gone are the days when, like, for example, when people are in SAP, you know, it would take them like three and five years to implement SAP. I mean, chief data officers don't have that much time on the clock um, before they get their collars felt um, uh, in this particular area. And so agility really matters and delivering results fast matters. And that's where these kind of ways of working, having agile ways of working, you know, really matter. And so to me, those are the some of the key things, starting with the starting with the end in mind. What value do you want to create? Having the necessary metrics to actually measure your success, having an underlying technical strategy that successively um, delivers the value, um, and you know, you know, making sure that everybody is aligned in the process. Okay, so so with all of that kind of said, then um, what would you say is is the real value of data? You know, it's a very it's a very hackneyed thing to say, but it, it really is all about gaining some kind of competitive advantage. The, the reality of, you know, the world that we live in, which has, you know, got, you know, a very short attention span, is that, you know, we all want to get instant gratification. And so, you know, this has to be about how you deliver customer advantage. And so, you know, if I look at some of our customers, things that we've done with some of our customers, you know, you know, we've delivered price optimization uh, for a petrol company in Spain, which enabled them, uh, maybe not so popular in the world that we live in, and this, uh, um, you know, uh, cost of living crisis, but enabled them to increase the price of petrol by two cents a litre without any effect on demand, simply by realizing all the factors that influence buying behavior. Or, you know, in, um, 
an oil production facility, optimizing the conditions inside of the um, the manufacturing facility to save them 5% on raw materials. Or, you know, as another example, working with a paper company who largely use wood and water, you know, creating sustainability models so that they can actually reduce the amount of water and wood that they use and energy that they use by 25%. Um, and, you know, my favorite kind of risk one, so, you know, you've got like kind of revenue examples, you've got, um, you know, uh, profit examples. My favorite risk one is one that we did with a water company in Spain, which was about fraud um, uh, detection. And what what the water company found was that, they were getting anomalies in the readings from their users. And so we did a fraud detection um, uh, project with them, uh, which enabled them to identify uh, where they were being defrauded. And what was happening is their clients were, you know, unhooking their meters while they were filling up their swimming pools. And <laughs> I know it's incredible. And so, you know, as an outcome of that, um, you know, we were able to identify where they'd been defrauded. And, you know, the area that's got everybody's attention, I mean, it's, you know, it's not possible to talk about data because it's now the law that you don't say something about generative AI. Everything I described up to this point is a necessary requirement to be successful with generative AI. And, you know, another example of a project we're doing is, um, again, with a, uh, a utilities company, um, we're uh, helping them identify defective pylons. We're flying drones down the lines with computer vision, inspecting what look like defective pylons so that they can do preventative maintenance at a fraction of the price and with a much higher level of customer service. And I could give you other generative AI examples right now. And it's a topic I love, um, you know, because, you know, much like the, uh, uh, much like, uh, the old adage of teenage sex, and it was used once before with big data, you know, everyone's talking about Gen AI, Gen AI. Nobody really knows how to do it. Everybody thinks everybody else is doing it, so everybody claims they are. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that, that's a sort of a bit of a round robin of, you know, you know, what the real value of data is, but just trying to give it in the perspective of customer examples, the kinds of things that people are getting out of this. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I, I love I love those examples because yeah, they really highlight a lot of you know re really interesting topics at the moment. So I love that. Um, you, you'll have to come back on soon, and and we can talk a little bit about AI. Um, but obviously, we are love to. today, unfortunately. Uh, so sure, yeah, so much for coming out. I really do appreciate your time. No, thanks for having me, Matt. I'd uh, love to come back and talk to you guys again when you've got the time. Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure, and and thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast as well. We hope you took a lot away from the episode, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to keepler.io. That's K-E-E-P-L-E-R.io. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms, follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn, and for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com. <laughs>